if you ever asked that little girl that was in that car waking up on the side of the road that one day she'd be traveling around the United States, lifting heavy weights and coaching people remotely and running her own business through nutrition nonetheless, she would have laughed in this your is you're meant to be. Like, I know it. I've never My been best self is better than every single person who's going to walk on that platform that night. Gosh, man, that was, was a moment that changed my life, man. Work harder than everyone else and just keep going. Get up and do it again and again and again. journey to a better you starts right now. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Better Than Yesterday podcast. Thank you for tuning in this week. I am your host, Angelo Kelly. And on this episode, I am joined by Casey Storley. Casey is a competitive weightlifter as well as the owner of Thriving On, a one-on-one nutrition coaching business. I talked to Casey probably a week before we recorded the show, and I figured we were going to dive into all things performance and nutrition when it comes to weightlifting, and I am really glad that we barely talked about those things. Pretty much right from the jump, Casey got vulnerable with her own story and how she struggled with food and alcohol growing up, what she did to overcome those things, and really how it shaped her coaching philosophy going forward. We also dove into mindset as it pertains to nutrition and how that's usually a big hurdle that most of her clients face. And just all things nutrition, we took a really deep dive on, you know, limiting beliefs and things that normally hold people back, how she gets clients to change the way they see themselves and how they see food and just general diet culture. So this one was really informative. I really enjoyed it and I hope you guys do as well. I've tried, so I recently dabbled into kind of like making instructional videos of kind of like, come with me while we go meal prepping or like, I recently put on a challenge and I tried to do this funny reel to kind of like make people laugh and want to join. And I just remember some of the takes. I'm like, I look so awkward. Like, do I talk like that all the time? And, And of course my husband like throws shit at me. He's like, oh yeah, all the time. But I'm like, no, but for real. And he's like, actually, no, you're kind of acting a little weird in front of the camera can you stop I'm like I don't know if I can (laughs) it's so awkward it's different it's definitely different yeah it's a skill I mean it's like anything it's like weightlifting if you the first time you pick up the bar you're terrible at snatching that's what I keep reminding myself I'm like just keep doing it put in the reps it'll get easier but like I don't know how these people like youtubers do it all the time I'm just like that's a that takes a special type of talent and talent and patience right there so. Yeah, I tried the YouTube for a while. I I built up a decent amount. I got to like 350 subscribers. So I mean, yeah. it, it's not it's not big by any means, but uh, I was just like, ah, I don't really want to share anymore in my life, <laughs> especially exactly. like especially in weightlifting too. Like when you're having a bad training cycle, it's like I'm not putting this out there. Mm-hmm. So it's tough. Yeah, definitely. And then it gets into the work life balance, right? Like. You've got to have some type of level of privacy, for sure. You've got to have something to yourself. Otherwise, you're always under a certain amount of scrutiny or you always feel like you need to change your life in order to entertain people. And it just, there are not very many people can keep up with a good health, like a healthy relationship with that. A lot of times people burn out or they just like put themselves in, like their mental health, it just gets in a position where it's very challenged and it's very hard to sustain. Like I can't really like, there's very few people that actually can do it on a regular basis. So 
<clears throat> that's I know for a fact like I've had people who are like you should create your own YouTube channel back like when I was traveling to New York all the time and sharing my experiences I was like no I know myself I'm definitely like I'm an introvert at heart I've learned to be an extrovert but <clears throat> I know that if I put myself in that position I will hit my threshold of like social like speaking to people and sharing my stuff that I was like no I'm not doing this anymore and I'd rather just do my thing, stick to what my strengths are. I like chatting people face to face, but sharing my life on, on video, it's it's neither good or bad. It's just not for me, dude. So how do you balance like Instagram? I mean that's that's technically your job. So like how to how does that work? Do you ever go without your phone or do stuff like that? Yeah, for sure. So like what's helped me is transitioning into looking at the like the platform as almost like a business card and it, it's an extension of thriving on. And <clears throat> so it takes a little pressure off of like me personally, like I get a level of privacy. This is about my business. And yeah, so sometimes I lift and yeah, I take care of myself and I share my, my experiences, but there's still a level of privacy. Like the time with my husband and me is with me. Like the time with my friends is with me. I don't share everything. So that creating that balance is really helpful. Um, and then I just like, <clears throat> I'm, I just kind of self-assess every single day. Like, yes, optimally posting regularly is really great. But if I feel like I'm, I need a mental break, I'm going to take a mental break. Like, honestly, this week has been so busy with work. I haven't been able to post at all. But there's other things in life that I need to take care of that are more important, right? Like, I need to make sure that I'm taking care of my clients. I need to make sure that I'm taking care of myself. I need to make sure that I'm taking care of my family, that will always come first. If I neglect that, it doesn't matter what I'm posting on Instagram or Facebook or whatever channels there are. Like that's, that's gotta, like you gotta keep that perspective of like, what's the big rocks first? What's the number one priorities? And then you build from there. So, I mean, I, I will definitely say I'm not the best at it at all. I remember like, I actually had to hire somebody to teach me this because I was like so frustrated. I, I'm definitely one of those people, if I wasn't online, I would I would put my stuff on private. I would probably have maybe like a hundred friends. Like, yeah, I'm like a lot of people are really surprised when I say that I'm actually really a big introvert at heart. I've learned over the years how to be an extrovert. Um, but like, yeah, I I do like my privacy. So you definitely have to kind of keep things in check and understand that like it's not going to be perfect. Sometimes you're going to be posting consistently. Sometimes not. And then. Like if I go on vacation, I'll take a couple of pictures or whatever, but that's it. Like I like I I leave that privacy. I don't share everything with my life. I think creating just like anything else in life, creating healthy boundaries is super super important. You gotta learn to say no sometimes. Yeah, I think being okay with uh, not being as consistent, and there's areas where discipline and consistency is super important like i mean taking care of your health um your relationship stuff like that like that's got to be dialed in pretty much all the time you can always go back to the instagram and the facebook it, it, if you uh if you miss a couple days of posting it's not like people are gonna gonna miss you that much you know yeah like i'm not that entertaining <laughs> i don't think anybody really even noticed that i haven't even posted all week they're probably like okay whatever i don't care <laughs> And like, it's funny how people are like, post, like, I'm sorry I haven't posted in a few days. You probably missed me. I'm like, honestly, I didn't even notice. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like the big picture is like, you got to take care of yourself before you focus on other things. You can't pour out of the empty cup. So 
Um, it's getting better. I'm starting to get more consistent. Um, having some type of calendar and structure and again, creating that line between this is my business. This isn't an extension of me. This is an extension of thriving on. It allows me to make that objective separation and it allows me to take a little bit, a, a little bit of a healthier uh, relationship with it. Like, um, today I'm posting about the business today. I'm just posting a video of lifting, which pretty much all weightlifters have like 5 billion of those on their phone. So that's not hard. And then today I'm posting something about my dog or something like that. But I really think that majority of my followers are just like people that like my dog, which I don't blame them. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, when you create that cadence and that rhythm, it takes a lot of pressure off of you to have to entertain people. Um, and allows you to create a, a separate relationship with it. So, it builds some credibility too. Like when you're posting, you know that it's going to be high quality and you know it's going to be something that's important that you feel like you have to get out there. Because if you're just trying to post every day, like you're going to have ones that just miss. Like you played softball, I played baseball. You're going to strike out sometimes. You're going to swing and miss. And if you're trying, you know, every single day to, to entertain people and to make this revolutionary thing that's going to blow up your business, it's just not going to happen. Exactly. It's all about the consistency, right? It's just like not being perfect. It's about over time. Um, people think that, and honestly, like I will, I will definitely preface with this is that like, you don't have to have a big following in order to be successful, right? You don't like, I know plenty of people that barely have a following on Instagram and Facebook or whatever. And then they have a thriving business. Like it is a channel of trying to get leads, but it's not everything. There's so many other things that you could be working on. So if like social media is not really your thing, it does make it a little bit more challenging, especially if you're on the online platform, but it's not everything. Um, but <clears throat> with that standpoint, it's like you can have the expectations of building 10,000 followers within a couple months, or you can play the long game and create like a very authentic audience that you really connect with. And then you can take the standpoint of like, it's a quality over quantity. I would rather have a thousand really great people following me and me benefiting them than 10,000 people that I barely even know and don't even align with what I believe in. Um, I'm definitely on that standpoint. I'm more, I'm always going to be about quality over quantity, hands down, with everything that I do. So. Yeah, and I think consistency and the long game is going to be at the crux of basically everything we talk about tonight. So I'm excited to just kind of get started. I'd love to dive into your background, how you got into the nutrition space, maybe um, some early life and just everything like that. Yeah, of course, of course. Um, so a little bit about my background. Um, <clears throat> well... <laughs> I always joke with this is like when people are asking me, like, tell me about your journey. I'm like, which phase of my life would you like to talk about? Because there's quite a few. Um, but I'll start at the very beginning. Um, so at the very young age, I was um, my family was just very athletic. Uh, uh, my brother was, still is, uh, but was very, very talented. He's also oh, a huge people person. Everybody loved him. Um, and so being, um, the younger sister, I was always his little sister. Like I was always in his shadow and I was the chubby little kid. And he was the one with the six pack with a nice smile and the girls loved him and everybody loved him. And I was like, also awkward and they couldn't talk to people. I was so shy. Most people don't understand like 
how shy I was. My parents were like, maybe we should take her to a therapist or something. <laughs> I don't know, because I just didn't want to talk to people. Um, and so that kind of like, it definitely started this um, idea that in order for me to have value, I needed to look lean like him, I need to be talented like him. And I just like, I started resenting myself for not being like that. Um, and I don't blame him. That's like, it's just what happens with siblings when you're a younger sibling, like that's just what happens. Um, and so like from there, uh, I like young kids were really mean and they would call me nasty names like thunder thighs and uh, bacon because I was just a little bit bigger. I grew up in the nineties where being stick thin was beautiful. And if you weren't anorexic, you weren't, you weren't cool or something like that. And I was like, I like food. I like being strong. I'm also athletic. Um, so yeah, I got called a lot of names and everything like that. So that started creating or developing into, um, an eating disorder at a very young age. I think I was about like 14 when I started uh, becoming bulimic. Um, just because I was like, it, it was just because I was so uneducated. Like I didn't know. Nobody teaches you how to eat healthy. Nobody teaches you in school. Nobody and my parents were working so much and like working their butts off to provide a future for us that like, like sometimes all we could do was eat fast food. Like they did what they could. There was nothing like they did everything perfect as parents, but it was just our situation there where I just didn't have access to the knowledge that I needed to. And so because of that helplessness, because of that lack of education, I resorted to the only thing that I knew at that time was like either don't eat or you throw up what you eat. And so, um, I did that and it would like, it led to um, like yo-yo dieting. I would get really small by like bulimia and, and not eating and then I'd be praised for it. And then I would burn myself out and just eat everything. And it just fed into this yo-yo dieting phase where I would be really small and really heavy, really small, really heavy. And it just kept feeding into this. I just keep digging a hole. It kept getting worse and worse and like, I started struggling with anxiety and depression. And so to cope with that, I relied on food even more. <laughs> and then um, I was still shy at this time. And then when I was like a senior in high school, I found this thing called alcohol. And it made me want to talk to people. And people thought I was funny. And they wanted to hang out with me. And I'm like, oh, this thing is wonderful. Let's drink some more. <laughs> and it just... Oh, I remember my senior year. I'm pretty sure I was drunk every single day for about eight months straight. Every single day. And that shit only got worse when I got in college. Um, which, by the way, <clears throat> like I was a competitive softball player. Like by no means was I going to make the Olympic team. I wasn't that good. But I was I was pretty decent. Like I, I could have done pretty well in Division One. I. I had some idea of like what I could accomplish, but I know that I did not reach my potential simply because I was too worried about drinking. I was too wrapped up in my own depression and wanting to go to the next party and just coping with my stress that way and and my depression that way. And so, like, I never really met my full potential in college, um, both academically and um, sports-wise too. Like I struggled in school. I couldn't even stay up in class. I also have ADHD. And those that are educated in ADHD, your movement and your food can be your medicine for that. It can really help you manage that. I, I strongly believe having ADHD can be a superpower. 
But a lot of times superpowers do have their weaknesses and you do have to pay attention to what you put in your body to really optimize it for sure. And so didn't know that in college. So couldn't pay attention to class, horrible grades, was sucking at softball. And I also was hanging around a wrong crowd and um, got into an abusive relationship. <clears throat> Started off mentally, but ended up physically at the end, um, which again, just fed into anxiety, depression and like... I remember my lowest time, um, I was leaving said boyfriend's house after a party and I said I was fine and I could drive and I wake up the next morning, uh, stuck in a ditch with no gas in my tank and 1% on my phone. Um, luckily <laughs> a gentleman in a tractor drove by pulled me out of the ditch with his tractor, screwed up my car, but at least he got it out. And um, I used his phone to call my dad and he came, he came to pick me up. And that was just like, he wasn't even, he wasn't even, he was angry, but he was just like the look in his face was just like, still brings me to tears sometimes. It's just like absolute terror. Like that is just one little tiny snapshot of the shit that I got myself into at that time. Um, but that I remember that specific moment was kind of the turning point in my life. Like there's very few people that can say like that specific moment is when it changed everything. That was that moment for me. And so um, I just remember him just absolutely furious and scared and terrified and crying. And this man does not cry. And I'm like, shit, <laughs> I need to get my shit together. And by the way, that was the day that I was meeting my new college coach. I transferred colleges, and that was the day where I was like, hey, new coach, like, I'm Casey. I'm going to be going on your team. And my dad's like, you better get your shit together. You better not screw up your life. We've worked too damn hard for you to do this kind of stuff. And so um, I got through it. I managed to not throw up on the coach <laughs> the whole time. I was really quiet. Um, I later told her about what was happening, and she like what happened that day and she's like is that why you were acting so weird and I was like yep <laughs> yeah that's right um and then so later on because <clears throat> by that time I was pretty heavy um for my size I was about 200 pounds so that for my size that is not healthy um and so I was about like 50 to 60 pounds overweight I was also hypoglycemic almost it was like borderline pre-diabetic honestly um there's definitely some telltale signs of that um, and so by that time, my, like, I already had coaches, but I was like, Hey, you need to start taking care of yourself. If you want to be a good athlete. You got to start taking care of yourself. And so my dad's like, I heard about this thing called CrossFit. There's a gym down the street. You're going to go do it. Like, I don't care if you don't want to do it. You're going to go do it. And so we paid for it. Made me go. I remember shaking, almost crying, terrified, walking to this CrossFit gym because I was like, I can't do a pull up. I don't even think I can run. Like, and I did it. And I'm one of those crazy people where it's like, it was horrible and terrifying and I hurt. And I was like, I love it. Let me come back. When can I come back next time? Like, that's my personality. I just love that stuff. It's fun fact is like my very first workout after onboarding was Murph. Oof. And I refused to do it with anybody else. I wanted to do it by myself. It, and I like couldn't walk the next day. My hands were torn to pieces and like the coaches messaged me and they're like, we're afraid that you scared you off. Are you okay? And I'm like, I can't move. My hands are torn and bloody. I'm coming back. And they're like, maybe take some days off. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's fine. But I'm coming back. Don't worry. 
and then from there it's just it i like finally got into a community where like people gave a damn about me besides just my family right like people wanted to see me succeed they were like chatting me up being like how are you doing like how are your workouts like how is life I wasn't used to that. I was just so used to just partying all the time. Nobody gave you shit unless you were fun and drunk, you know? So it was just, it was just a whole nother experience. And so like from there, I started getting into fitness and nutrition and just like, I feel so great. Like it's changing my life. It's changing me for the better. I'm thinking better. I'm feeling better. I'm doing things I never thought I'd do other people need to know about this. So I started coaching and I love coaching. I grew up with coaches. Like my, both my parents were coaches. Um, I remember all of my mentors were coaches growing up. I remember um, some of my best friends were actually some of my coaches because I was really shy and awkward and nobody wanted to be my friend when I was younger. So like they were my coaches. So I just was surrounded by a lot of coaches. So it just made sense that I wanted to become a coach. So I got into CrossFit coaching learn more i had this idea that i wanted to do just like something like a career with it like whether it's run a gym or just join the seminar staff so i just started getting more certifications and just um kept trying to learn and one of the certifications that i went to was actually crossfit weightlifting and so um it was up in minnesota my husband has friends up there so we went up there i was taking it and this gentleman called blanco was running it um, and so we're doing the list because in, in this certification, you have to do the list, you have to perform it. And then they teach you how to teach other people how to do it too. So he's like, first day, he's kind of like watching me lift and he'd like walk by and be like, okay. And I was like, okay. And then like the second day he'd like give me a cue and then change things to be like, okay. And then by the end of the seminar, he walks up to me and he's like, how much do you weigh? How much, how much do you lift? Like, he looked at the numbers of, like, if I could potentially qualify for something. He's like, huh. Um, do you want to try this thing called weightlifting? And I was like, of course, my personality is like, yeah, sure, whatever. It sounds fun. So he's like, okay, great. You're going to do a cycle with me. Then you're going to fly to New York. You're going to do this meet, and you're going to try to qualify for finals. I'm like, okay. Like, whatever. So... We started it and I flew up to New York. I did my first weightlifting meet, which I was a nervous freaking wreck. Like just typical, like grip and rip type of person, like willing that bar over my head. Um, but it was beautiful. It was just, it was such an amazing experience. Um, again, just being part of a community of people and just like other people like liking to be strong. And it just, I got bit by the bug. And I fell in love and I was like, screw this CrossFit stuff. <laughs> Let's go lift every way. It's like, I coach for a really long time because I really do love coaching CrossFit, but like, I just like go straight into weightlifting. And so like full-time weightlifter for like two or three years, um, I would like, I would all the time travel to New York, do training camps up there. Um, I would literally be living in the gym. So there was like a coach's area. And typical Brooklyn fashion, which, by the way, Bro- Coach Blanco's from Brooklyn. So he runs Brooklyn Training Hall, what was called Brooklyn Barbell. And so they were out of a gym called Prosperity which has a, a coach's area up at the top. Well, typical Brooklyn fashion, they took a closet and turned it into a bunk bed area. I would sleep in that. And I was, like, living life. I would wake up to barbells, if, like, the noise of barbells in the morning. 
I walked out and see everybody lifting weights. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. And so, like, that's how I got into it. And so, how I got into uh, nutrition coaching was I was lifting a lot, um, but um, CrossFit coaching and traveling a lot it doesn't really pay the bill. <laughs> um, so, uh, somebody was like, okay, you travel a lot. You can't have something, a, a job in place. So, what do you think about a remote job? Like, you're kind of okay at, like, nutrition coaching. Like, why don't you try that? And I'm like, Okay. So I started doing it and I kind of started dabbling it, not really expecting me to really fall in love with it, just kind of this thing to help pay the bills. And then all of a sudden, I loved it so much. I learned, I realized how much I didn't know about nutrition and it just like wanted me to learn more and more. And so over the years, I just kept learning more and more whatever I could get my hands on, like whatever book, whatever podcast, if I could afford a certification, I would take it. And I just kept getting new clients and learning from them and building until eventually here we are now, like I'm running my own business and it's my full-time job and um, paying the bills, doing my dream job. And now I'm finally to the point where like we're hiring on people. Like I can't take on any more clients. I have to bring on more people in order to build the business. It's like, if you ever ask that little girl, that was in that car waking up on the side of the road that one day she'd be traveling around the United States, lifting heavy weights and coaching people remotely and running her own business through nutrition. Nonetheless, she would have laughed in your face. So it's just like looking back at that person. It's almost like, and whenever I talk about this stuff, it's almost like talking about a story I read or this one person I used to know. It doesn't even seem like reality like how much I've grown in a little bit of time. And so it's like, like it's epic. Yeah. <laughs> it's epic. Yeah. I, I love that story. And it's, it's, um, you know, like a transformation and it seems like a lot of stuff in your life has just been like, yeah, let me try that. I'll go for it and see what happens. And, uh, I love hearing stuff like that. I think we all do like the kind of underdog where, Hey, maybe you didn't start off on the best path. I have a couple of questions like all like off your story. I mean, that's a lot to unpack. Like do you so do you think do you think in high school or even when you got to college that you're relatively successful on the outside like you're playing softball even though maybe you're not up to your own standards or what you think you can do. Do you think people kind of just let what you were doing go because you're like, oh, I mean, she's playing softball. Like, she's going to class. She's getting by. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, anybody that struggles with this eating disorder, they can relate to this. Um, eating disorders are, um, when people struggle with it, they are really good at hiding it. Nobody knew. Nobody knew what I was going through. Not even my own parents. Like, I got really good at hiding it. And so, like, most people weren't aware and then, so like when I did gain weight or lose weight, they're just kind of like, oh, she's just a teenage girl just kind of going through things, not a big deal, but nobody really knew behind closed doors. And I'm, I'm definitely one of those type. Of, this is my own personal philosophy and this is neither right or wrong. This is just what works for me. And I'm definitely one of those type of people of like taking ownership, whether I meant to or not, I got to take ownership. Like it was my choice to do that. It was my choice not to ask for help. It was my choice not to reach out and tell somebody what was going on and I, I needed to make a change. I just decided to stay where I was at. And 
by me taking that type of ownership, that allows me to transition from being a damsel in distress to being a own damn hero. Like whenever you look at heroes, everybody wants to be a hero, those movies. But when you look at a hero, they take responsibility for good or bad. And then by taking responsibility, you can then start taking control of your life and making changes. But if you run away from things, if you don't advocate for yourself, if you don't ask for help, like you're stuck, you're a damsel in distress and nobody is coming to save you. So like, I don't judge myself for the past. I'm not like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. But it's kind of like my point of like view is like, okay, that happened. I have power over that situation. If I ever catch myself in a situation like that, I know what to do now. I know I need to ask questions, uh, like ask for help. I know that I need to be vulnerable and and be okay with feeling uncomfortable with asking for help, but I never want something like that to ever happen to me again. So, and that's kind of my viewpoint is like, it's, again, that that might not, like other people that have similar situations to me might not agree, but that's what works for me, honestly, is feeling that I have power over my life. I have the right to, like, I can make that decision. It doesn't control me. I can I can keep growing and keep keep doing what I need to do to avoid those those types of mistakes that I made in the past. So Yeah. I mean that's a definition of having a growth mindset. Like whatever situation that you were in, you have the power to change it and it doesn't matter your education level or what you did in the past. Like you can always change, you can always grow, you can always learn new things. And I feel like I'm just like saying a bunch of cliches, but it's true. Like if you really look in the mirror and if you're able to have awareness in yourself when you're off course and be like okay I don't like where this is going like I need to get my shit together and you know for you thank god it wasn't something worse like it it could have eventually got to something worse if if you got stuck in a ditch and your friend came and got you maybe it would have been like oh okay like next Saturday we're gonna go out again yeah like I I I always replay that in my mind it's like what if I hurt somebody what if I hurt like it, it, that it, it was just not acceptable. Like, what if I hurt somebody else? What if that happened again? Like, oh, it's not good. So, uh, yeah, it's it's been a whirlwind since then, but it's been good. It's been really good. So, so at what point in CrossFit do you start, um, you know, taking a serious interest in nutrition and like starting to get your own stuff together? Yeah, so I actually got a nutrition coach, and I was like, oh, it's kind of cool. I like this. Like, okay, cool. And I started getting a little interested and started learning a little bit more. And then um, we moved to Texas uh, for my husband's job. And so um, the gym that I was working at, they were like, do you want to run the nutrition stuff? Like, you're doing all this nutrition stuff for weightlifting. You like to have conversations with people. Um, Would you like to do it? And then I started getting into that. But then I was like, I don't like. I don't like how this is doing. I could do it better. Like I would do this and this and this. And then just having that conversation, the owner of the gym's like, he was the one that like convinced me. He's like, why don't you do this nutrition coaching thing? Right. Like you could do this as a side gig to help pay the bills. Like you'd actually be kind of good at this. Um, and so it just kind of went from there. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I, um, you know, like you can't really do CrossFit without eating well. Like I know a lot of people go into CrossFit and some people might come from an addiction or they're eating pizza and smoking cigarettes. But like real quick, if you do Murph, like 
you want to eat some good food after that. You don't want to just eat like a, a McDonald's hamburger and call it a night. Yeah, it's great incentive to not want to throw up in the middle of a lot. So you start eating healthier for sure. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with that. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think a lot of people who are good at what they do have the origin story. Like you kind of have to have something that draws you towards that. So you having bad nutrition and bad relationship with food, I'm sure plays a big role in how you're coaching people today. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Like, um, I actually, one of my clients, like one of my long-term clients, he's actually a therapist. He, and this really stuck with me when he was talking about this. And so he said that like, whether you're a nutrition coach or um, a therapist or any profession in which you like take care of others, you see like most of the time it's because you see yourself and other people and you're trying to fix yourself. Right. So that's why when you see a lot of nutrition coaches or like not all of them, but some really great ones, it's because they've experienced it. They know what it's like to struggle and they know what it feels like and they've gotten themselves out of their hole. So they know how to coach other people. Right. Um, It's, it's just very common to have that origin story. And then then people, they like to hear that other people that have been successful exactly where they're at and they can see that they can be like, Oh, I've experienced that. And I know that I can get myself out. I know that a lot of my clients are like that. They're like, I heard your story and I had very similar experiences. I would like to learn more about like your philosophy because you know exactly how I feel. They're not just going to somebody with a six pack that just naturally had it because of genetics. And it's just like, just do it. Like, why don't you just do it? It's like, it doesn't work that way guys. Okay, just because it worked for you doesn't mean it works for everybody else. So it's nice to have somebody that's been there and experienced it because you feel more comfortable if they actually know what you're feeling, know what you're they're going through. So. You just described exactly why I'm I am not a nutrition coach. <laughs> that is like <laughs> literally my story. Like I can tell you what I did and what worked for me. And if you can't do that, I'm like, I can't help you. I don't I don't know the strategies. So I'd love to kind of break down like what what types of people are you working with? Um, yeah, and we'll just go from there. Yeah, so I mean, I work with a lot of different types of people, but the theme or it's what's called my like ideal client or the type of people I usually work with is like basically people that are looking to level up, right? They're tired of either being average or they're tired of just going through life feeling like they're surviving and they want to learn how to thrive. I'm sliding up. <laughs> Pun intended. <laughs> so, um, with that being said, I do have a, like a lot of high-performing people, like a lot of nurses, a lot of shift workers or police officers. I've had experience with firefighters, um, but I also just have regular people that just want more for themselves. They don't want to just go and eat healthy and work out just because their doctor told them to. Like they're like, no, dude, like. I want to lift some heavy shit or I want to go run a lot and do a marathon or I just want to look better naked. Like not because I hate myself, but like, I just want to feel confident and feel good. Like I know it's that type of people where they're just trying to level up. I also coach a lot of weightlifters just because I'm a weightlifter. Um, I have a lot of experience in it. Good and bad. Mostly a lot of my own mistakes has taught me the best lessons. So, but, um, the, people have seen my journey and they've seen how I coach my other athletes and I just get a lot of, um, a lot of clients from that. Um, and plus I just love coaching people that want to get stronger and just push themselves in the gym. It just fires me up. Like 
it's okay to want to look better naked. There's no problem with that as long as it comes from a place of like self improvement or self love. Um, but it's just like I can't tell you how amazing it feels to go beyond that and just want more for yourself in terms of like doing something that scares you right like so i have a client that i'm i'm working with and so when i first started with her she's a nurse she's also 55 when i first started with her she's just kind of like i just want to have more energy i just want to like learn how to eat i heard this thing where you kind of like not supposed to eat 1200 calories every single day and that's kind of what i'm doing so can you help me and so through conversations, I'm like prompting her, like, like, what do you want? What do you want with your life? What is something that kind of scares you to say out loud that you want to do that you don't think you could ever do? And she's like, I want to hike. I want to, I want to go hiking. I want to have enough energy and be strong enough to go hike. Cool. Let's get this going. How do I, and she's like, oh, oh, okay. I was like, how are we going to do this? We need to start, you need to go find a hiking partner, go hiking, get some gear, um, go have fun. Let's fuel you for hiking. Let's talk about performing for that. She is now on a month long trip to Spain, hiking, living her best life. And she's like messaging me saying like, she's like kicking the crap out of her hiking partner that has more experience than her and he's also a dude. And so like, that's the type of people that I, I work with. It's like, I'm helping people realize that you are capable of whatever the frick you want. Like, if you're willing to work hard, if you're willing to put the work in, if you're will- daring to dream, like, you can do whatever you want. That's the type of people that I work with majority of the time. That's where, like, I do love working with athletes, but those type of people, too, that feeds my soul, too. I love it so much. It's interesting to me how, you, like, you're talking about high performers and people who, who want to be high level in, in sports and their jobs. Like those are the people who want to hire somebody for nutrition, who want to pay extra to go above and beyond what they're doing in the gym. And I mean, anyone who listens to the podcast knows how I feel about the pandemic, but like, I would love to see the everyday person get nutrition coaching and, and ask for extra help. Like the people who already have the 90% are going for that extra 10 and the people who have 0% aren't doing anything at all. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's it, and good. It's I like on it. Honestly, I do work with everyday people. It does take me a little bit longer for the, me to convince them to really like, like, it's okay. You can expect that you can want this. Um, I think it's mostly not because they don't want it. It's, it's mostly like self limiting beliefs. Like you got to think about like what they've been going through in order to actually get them to the where they're at. Like if they're obese, they don't work out all these different things we've probably been told or been telling themselves their whole life that they either are not capable of it or they're not deserving of it, which is the exact definition of a fixed mindset. And that's one of the reasons why I'm so huge on that as a coach. It's because there's a lot of people that like they're overweight, they're unhealthy, they're very fit, but they have very, very demanding jobs or they're extremely intelligent. And it's like, okay, it's not a question if you're hardworking. It's also not a question if you're not intelligent. And it's also not a question if you don't want it, like people crying to themselves to sleep, they're definitely wanting it. So what's the problem? And a lot of times it's what's going on in between their ears. What is that voice telling them? Are they not capable of it? Are they undeserving? Um, what, also, what are they prioritizing? Like most people think that like 
in order for them to cope with something like stress. They need to be drinking and eating. That's their coping mechanism. I'm like, actually, sweetie, that's adding fuel to the fire. Like, you deserve to feel great every single day. Do you really think that drinking and eating and digging that hole deeper is going to help? And I also like to preface with, like, trust me, it doesn't. I'm talking from personal experience. Like, it does not help. And so, like, a lot of times when I first work with somebody at that at that level, the first three months is just convincing them that they can and that they deserve it. And then once they get over that hump, oh, my gosh, do they thrive. Like, once you finally get them to the point where they can, they believe in themselves and they're 100% like capable of doing it, the fire underneath their butt of years of not believing in themselves and all of a sudden transitioning into it, it just, they just skyrocket. Like, one of my clients that I work with right now, beautiful lady, she's been, she has type 2 diabetes, she's been struggling with it, she's been doing like these extreme diets over and over. She's, she's been told that she can't do it or she shouldn't do it. There's a lot of people that don't believe in her in her life. And when she's, she finally invested in it after speaking to her multiple times, answering her questions, telling her that she definitely deserves it and she can, she finally invested in herself and she came in and just in the past eight weeks alone, she is, um, lost 13 inches, 20 pounds. And this is, guys, this isn't me putting her at a 1,400 calorie deficit. She's crushing 25, 2,600 calories right now. She's eating all the food. But we're also working on a lot of key other principles to help her be healthy and happy and make her body feel safe enough to start creating a, a healthier body composition and start, like, loving on itself. And and she just got blood work done and her A1C, her blood pressure, her um, triglycerides, all these key markers that her doctor has been focusing on was like, holy shit, what are you doing? And she was like, oh, I'm working with this nutrition coach. And he's like, oh, what kind of diet is it? And she's like, oh, it's not a diet. I'm just learning how to take care of myself. And I, I, she told me that. And I was just like, this is epic. Like, this is the stuff that I love to do. So, like, people can do it. It's just most coaches either don't have the patience to go through that of, like, keep just, like, you can do it. You can do it. You are worth it. You are worthy. You can do this. Most people are like, oh, just follow the macros. You can't do it. You're not doing the work. Go find somebody else. That's not how that works, dude. Like, good coaches, like, good coaches can find somebody to give them macros and some results. Great coaches know how to reach somebody that doesn't believe in themselves and convince them that they can and then teach them how to do it. That's the definition of a great coach. You don't have to be the smartest person in the whole world. You don't have to know every single little thing about it. You just have to connect with people. And so, it, yeah, it's, it's definitely tough, but um, you do have to play the long game. <laughs> you have to have the patience for it. So, so- what does that mindset work look like? You don't have to go too far in depth because I'm sure people are going to work, want to work with you more after this, but what's it, what's the initial conversation look like? How do you kind of, besides just telling somebody they can, what, a, what does that start off as? Yeah. So like whenever you're trying to make change, the first step should always be awareness. Some people don't even know what a fixed mindset is or a growth mindset is. And if you're not aware of something, how are you going to change it? Right. So it's the first thing is kind of like educating my clients. It's like, okay, 
you know what? Like, I'm just going to talk to you about growth and fixed mindset. And like, you don't have to answer, but I just want you to start reflecting. Like, what are some times when growth mindset shows up? When are some um, sometimes when fixed mindset? fixed mindset shows up and then they start thinking about it and then they're like oh like message me and they're like oh hey Casey this one time I I had a little bit of a fixed mindset like I wasn't going to be able to be perfect on my nutrition goals and I was about to reach it for a donut but I was like oh that's a fixed mindset so I didn't reach for it I'm like that's wonderful that's great I didn't even have to coach him on anything I just told him about it right first step should always be awareness um another thing that I do is like I have like journaling prompts every single week. It's not mandatory for my clients, but honestly, like I said before, usually what's going on in between your ears is what's holding you back. And so I always would say like, if you want the full benefit of working with driving on, do try to invest in the journaling prompts when you can. And so we start going through some journaling prompts that ask questions. One of my favorite one is like your future self. Like who's that future self that you see yourself as? Everybody has like a future self. And so in order for you to become that future self, you yourself have to take the actions that that person does. You have to make the choices that that person does. Um, so then it kind of reflects it like, oh, who do I want to be? I've never really thought of that. Like, what does that person really do? And then like you're thinking about like what they're doing and then you start thinking about what you're doing and you're like, oh, there's that disconnect. And then you start or like you start connecting like, oh, I can be that future self. I can be that person and that's okay. And I can make those changes over time and I help guide that. And then from there, I mean, there's a few other things, but one of the other game changers is like, what makes me different than other, a lot of nutrition coaches. There's a lot of, there are some nutrition coaches or companies that do a really good job, but most don't, especially in the weightlifting and CrossFit realm. Um, but one of the things that I do is like, I'm huge on connection. So I do um, one-on-one calls with my clients depending on where they're on their journey and their experience level. Sometimes it's twice a month, sometimes it's once a month. Sometimes I have like clients that are really invested in this and I have no problem giving back if I have a client that works their butt off. And so I'll throw, throw them a free call. If they're like, hey, like I'm really struggling. Like what's something I can do? I'm like, do you got five minutes? Let's jump on the call. Let's talk about it, right? Because there's only so much you can do on the online platform. You gotta be able to connect with somebody there's only like macros whether or not you believe macros is the best way or, or whatever it's a tool and it's one little tool in your toolbox that you should have and a good nutrition a great nutrition coach knows that it's not about using one thing it's about filling your clients with a bunch of tools in your toolbox to deal with whatever goals that they have whatever phase of their life that they have um whether or not they need to dial it in or they need to take a break like your, your clients need multiple tools. So um, that's that's usually how I help with mindset on that front. And then also when you start fueling your body properly and start moving um, and you're using it as your fuel and your medicine, there's a direct tie between what you put in your body and how you move your body and your mental health, direct tie. And I know this from experience and also there's a lot of research that supports this. <laughs> and I was just sneaking out of my butt. So like, when you start feeding yourself better, all of a sudden, like I can seriously, I, I can see over time when I see my client from the very beginning until we start finally making changes, like at the very beginning, they're like, oh, they're slouch. They're kind of like, oh, 
I'm kind of struggling with energy and I guess if I don't want to do this and then like when we really get to the meat and potatoes and making some changes they're all like oh hey Casey what's going on I have all this energy and I did this and this and this and I crushed it in the gym oh you want to do that let's go growth mindset let's get it I'm ready like it's just it's not just about physically changing them but like they it's also about personal development because we, when we're talking about nutrition and fitness this isn't just about oh I just want to look better naked no it's people's livelihoods, their ability to show up as their best self, as a mother, as a father, as a, an athlete, as a coach, as a professional, whatever capacity that you have, your food and your movement can do that. So like, you've got to address it more than just like, oh, just hit these macros. Okay, great job. But that shit doesn't work for most people. So that's a very long spiel of explaining how I work with mindset. You go. No, I, I love that. And it sounds like the the pillars like mindset, nutrition, connection, not one is more important than the other. Like they're they're all interworking together and you can have the nutrition dialed in. But if you don't have that connection and the mindset, then you're not going to reach your full potential. And if you have the you have the other two dialed in, but you don't have you don't have connection or you don't have whichever, like you're not going to get to your your best self or you're not going to thrive as uh, as we would say if you don't have all of those things like do you think that one do you think one is more important than the other or they're all kind of interconnected um it depends context um it depends on the person and where they're at like in the experience level so like if i have a client that let's take um like my client that's uh, starting from ground zero and she's just like just like going from like type two diabetes to finally seeing some better results. I haven't really talked to her about fitness because walking is enough for her right now. Right. But we've been dialing in on nutrition. But if I tried to do fitness and nutrition all at once, she would be so overwhelmed. It wouldn't be, it would be so like not even fun. Right. So we're dialing in on nutrition because specifically for her triaging things, that could be the big rock. But when we finally get her to the point where like she's crushing life, she's very successful, she's about to graduate, it's it's about having all of them to create a foundation. But sometimes you do have to triage things to make sure that the person is progressing, you're not doing too much. That's it, that's a, the secret sauce to being consistent is like, you can't do everything at once. You gotta take one thing at a time. And sometimes you gotta go slower than you think you need to. And then versus somebody that crushes fitness, maybe we can make a few small tweaks, like making sure they're optimizing uh, progressive overload a little bit more or recovery, but they've got a pretty good standpoint, but they eat like a trash panda. I'm going to address nutrition first. Right. But if I do a good job um, and they trust the process by the end, all of those pillars are going to be pretty solid foundation. Yeah. And something we talked about last week was just kind of earning, earning your next step. So you're not really going to give somebody something if they can't master the basics, you're not going to say, hey, let's work on nutrient timing if you're not eating vegetables, you know? Exactly. Like, dude, if you can't even eat a certain amount in a day, if you don't even know what your maintenance calories is, like, we are not talking about, like, creating post nutrition and the best protein powder and creatine and whatever. And, uh, like, what pre-workout should it be taking? Dude, I know it's sexy. I know it's sexy, but you are not going to see the results that you're looking for until you really do nail down the basics. It's like in terms of weightlifting, I know that like this analogy would resonate a lot with people. It's like somebody walking in and wanting to snatch a, 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 like 100 kilos over the top of their head, but they've never even touched a PVC pipe. You're going to be like, 
Mm, listen here that's not gonna work you're going to you're gonna do the pvc pipe or you're gonna get out like that's just how it is the same thing here like within thriving on we do things differently because you have to earn the right there's no skipping corners there's no going faster than you need to be doing because if i let my clients do that i wouldn't be making lasting change i would inevitably be putting them exactly where they were before even worse and like the number one rule that should be within the fitness industry is thou shall not cause harm like duh do you have does everybody follow that no but like i strongly believe that should be like put on a plaque and put somewhere everywhere (laughs) um but yeah so within thriving on one of the first things that my clients do and i don't care what experience level i don't care where they're at i don't care they're the uh, uh, elite athlete or novice i don't care who you are you need a solid foundation so we have like a, a, a list of things that are just basic stuff to be a basic human being that my clients need to, they don't need to nail down everything because obviously we're human. Everybody's struggled with something like, for example, your girl, when she gets really busy, really sucks at drinking water. <laughs> like That's something that I'm always going to have to focus on. I don't have to be hundred percent on, but I do want to make sure that I'm in a better position and understand what I'm trying to achieve and the game plan to do it. Um, like for example, my nurses, like we have to understand that, like, especially when you're working overnight, your sleep is not going to be optimal. Right. But as long as we know that we're working on it, we're aware of it. We're trying to move the needle in the right direction in your good standpoint. And the other things on that list is pretty good. Then you're right. You're earned the right to go into whatever dieting phase it is. And dieting phase isn't just like fat loss it or weight, weight loss. It could be like, I'm performing for a meet or I need to, um, go into a muscle gaining phase or I need to go into like uh like yeah fat loss phase or whatever it is like you have to have a solid foundation I use this analogy a lot with my clients it's like okay if you were going to go buy a house like you tell me if you were going to go buy a house would you buy a house with a buy a house with a faulty foundation no of course not exactly right because later on you're going to be paying for it and then some it's just not responsible Okay. And so houses have like a certain value, right? Like you can pay a certain amount of money, you move in and it's your shelter. It's extremely important. Right. When I usually ask my clients, uh, like, what's your value of your health? They're usually like priceless. You can't put value on. So why are we being more diligent on what type of foundation our houses are? than we are with our own fitness and nutrition. Because we already talked about, like, this isn't just about looking better naked. This is your livelihood. This is your ability to be walking around at age 80, 90. This is your ability to have healthy mental health and show up as the best mother or father or anything in life. You can't put a price on it. And yet we skip corners. We do these cookie-cutter programs. We do these dieting things just because it's super easy. And it's like, it's not working. Our society is proof of it. We're at the on the the unhealthiest state we've ever been it's not working right so we have to build a foundation so that way when we go build up the potential of of results increases the potential of your health increases your mental health your physical health everything like you've got to take the time to break bad habits and build new ones you got to take time to um address functional issues like if i have somebody that has some hormonal issues or digestive issues or they have um unhealthy coping mechanisms like eating disorders or disordered eating or anything like that, you have no business prepping for a meat. You have no business trying to go into a fat loss phase, right? Like if you have poor digestion, you have no business going into a muscle building phase. 
Like that's not going to work. And so not a lot of people are willing to do it because it, the definition of success from the diet culture is like, I start this calorie deficit and then all of a sudden I lose all this weight in like three months. And then, then I like, and so that's supposed to be success. And if it goes slower than that, then it doesn't work. It's not working. And it's like, okay, great. I understand that's what you've been convinced for a long period of time. Cool. Me too. But look at what's happening. It's not working. We got to do it different. We've got to define success differently now. And so, um, it's, it's definitely different and it's hard to convince people to break up that tie with the diet culture. But when my clients do it and they finally buy in and they trust the process and they put the work in the amount of growth, not only just physically, but mentally with these people of breaking, like breaking up with the diet culture. Like I have, I have a woman that I work with right now and she's just like, she came from such a poor mental state from previous macro coaching. I'm from a large business that I'm not going to name names from that like she was literally going to a therapist to heal herself. Like I remember sitting down, this was back when I was CrossFit coaching about like eight months ago, like during the pandemic, and we were sitting in the floor and she just opened up and just started bawling to me about like just over coaching nutrition. She just had such a horrible relationship. And so um, like I finally convinced her to have a consultation. This is just context of like what kind of a state she was in. And so I talked to her about like, she was overtraining. She was training a ton, like seven times a week. She was barely eating anything. And I was like, Hey, sweetie, I think that, you know what? I think what's really good is to start eating a little bit more and working out less just by me saying that sentence, nothing else. She just started falling. She had to hang up and she called me later and she's like, I'm sorry. Like, I can't do this. I'm just not in the mental state. She got a therapist. She came back to me about, six months later, if I remember right. And she just joined the program. She's eating more than she has ever done. She keep, every single time she talks to me, she's like falling because she's like, I never knew that I could be doing this. And she's like 600 calories more than she's ever done. She's also, she went from working out seven days a week to five days a week. She's lost five pounds in, yeah, we just talked today. She lost five pounds and six inches off of her waist. And this girl is like, 145. She's the average prospector. She's crushing 25 to 2,600 calories, which if you tell most women, they're like, oh my gosh, that's too much. I couldn't never be doing that. Plus 2,000 calories. I'm like, hmm, who told you that? Diet culture? Okay, great. Do you want a list of them or do you want to like crush the food and feel great every single day? The latter? Okay, great. Come to me. Let's talk. <laughs> so yeah. it's. And kudos to her for coming back like not not being in the mental state and and realizing that and it's like hey it's okay if you're not ready for this right now but let's let's revisit it cuz it's important yeah. like like you said this is people's livelihoods and this is it's not about the next workout or it's not about the next meet it's about you know 20 30 years from now are you playing with your kids or are you you know you can't bend over and you can't pick somebody up that's my worst nightmare right there. Uh-uh. Do not want that to happen. But, like, kudos to her to also advocate for her mental health. Like, she got a therapist. And and while we don't have direct connection, we do collaborate together. Like, she'll, like, relay, like, my therapist thinks that I should be working on this. What do you think? And then I'll be like, hey, I think that maybe this might be good. Relay that to your therapist. See what she says. Get back to me. Let's work together kind of a thing. And I love doing that. Like, collaborating with um, either, like, I do have a lot of clients that have a functional like 
nutritionists or dietitians that we collaborate with because like within my scope of knowledge i'm not a dietitian i'm not a nutritionist i'm not a doctor I stay with that so if they have some type of issue i clearly state like that's without my without a, without my scope of knowledge we can talk about like what you need to be doing and then i focus on application because it's one thing to know that you need to be doing certain things it's another thing to actually be like mentally okay with it or actually implement it into your own life while you're busy so that's what a nutrition coach helps with they take these complex concepts and we simplify it and help apply it to your own life and add value to it so you can keep doing it for life essentially that's what we're supposed to be doing not everybody does that but that's the ideal thing so like kudos to her for advocating for herself and willing to invest in herself to do that and the amount of growth that woman has gone through like fighting back tears right now just knowing where she started and where she's at right now again it's people's livelihoods right here that we're we're talking about and if you go to a doctor, like they'll tell you, you need to lose weight. They're not going to say, Hey, how many times a day are you pooping? How many, how many hours are you sleeping? What's your, what's your eating schedule look like? Are you getting enough vegetables? How much fiber are you eating? Like none of that is talked about. It's like, Hey, you need to lose some weight or your blood pressure is going to keep going up. And it's like, okay, what does that mean? Or they're going to throw you medication. And here's the thing is like, there are good doctors out there. Like, don't get me wrong. I like but there's not enough there's not enough like and even even just because you are a doctor or even like a nutritionist or a dietitian doesn't mean that you're good like i have a client that had a nutritionist when she was pre like she told me the story she says i um i wish i met you before when i was pregnant because i had a nutritionist that told me that i needed to be eating only 1200 calories and not eating carbs while i was pregnant and i was like how does that person have a license? How does that person even be able to coach people, like tell, like tell people what to do? Like, how is this happening? So it's like, just like anything, like there are good coaches, there are bad coaches, there are good doctors, there's bad doctors. So with that preface is like conventional medicine, doctors only spend maybe two weeks on nutrition out of their whole education. You have no clue how many times I run into doctors or I go to doctors and they're like, oh, I actually have no idea what I'm doing with nutrition. Do you want to coach me? And I'm like, I don't know if that's that you have no idea about nutrition like that's not that's not all right but like doctors and nurses and everybody they're they have such a workload and they're in like a system in which it doesn't support them to actually learn and grow um so it's very hard for them like i work with nurses all the time where they feel guilty that they don't know this stuff and they're like how am i supposed to help people if i don't know this stuff and i was like honestly you, you can't judge yourself the system's not really working for you and guess what let's focus on now you're here you're learning. You can't beat yourself up. Now you can do this kind of stuff. And so it's the same thing with doctors too. It's just like, there's some people that they're so overworked or like there's certain things that are pushed on them or they're not allowed to. There's some doctors that aren't even allowed to say that kind of stuff where they get, get in trouble because they're not put it, pushing their the uh, medications that they're supposed to be, right? Like if they're supposed to be pushing a certain medication to make money or not get fired, they're not gonna tell you to go get sleep. They're gonna tell you to get that medication to keep their job. So it's just like, again, um, it's kind of like a lose-lose situation. So then what I do is like with my clients, I teach them to advocate for themselves, ask questions and be like, can I get a second opinion? And then they usually ask me and if I don't have the answer, which I'm not the smartest person in the world, a lot of times I don't have the answer. Um, I will ask people that are smarter than me and we kind of come up with a game plan to help with that. Um, actually, we are in the midst of in negotiating a partnership with a functional medical practitioner group in Texas. Um, so that way my clients do have, um, 
a reputable and reliable person to work with. This guy um, was working with one of my clients and, and she showed me his feedback. And I just saw it and I was just like jaw dropped. And I was like, this is exactly what we need. I need to talk to him right now. And so we, we just started talking about it. And one of their, like, one of their um, themes is like, they always say that they're trying to save the world. And I'm like, uh, yeah, can I be a part of that? How do, how do I be a part of that? And we just started talking and now we're just like, we're all about this. We're going to partner up uh, right now. I'm just so busy with trying to hire and everything like that. I haven't been able to take care of it, but it's going to be in the works. And it's just one of those other ways that we just try to go above and beyond to provide our clients, just give them positive resources. So, yeah, I mean, all the tools, like it, it, it's everything it's connected. And like, I truly believe you're the best doctor of yourself. Like if you truly go deep on, on stuff and if you, you know, if you have pain or if you have areas of your life where you're lacking, like you need to do your own research and then, uh, and, and being okay with like asking people for help. Like if, if I have a, if I have a question about nutrition, like you're definitely going to be on my list. I'm not going to pretend to know it. I'm going to go to somebody who's smarter than me. And, uh, I think a lot of people like just don't want to do that. They just want to be like, Oh, well, well I'll figure it out and I'll, I'll keep putting it off. And, it's just unfortunate, but it's it's awesome what you're doing. I don't want to take up too much more of your time. I feel like we can definitely uh, get back on here and talk about weight classes and and performance nutrition, all that. The one thing I really wanted to end with was you were talking uh, last week again about if you're an athlete, being healthy is actually more important. And a lot of people, you, I'm sure, as a college softball player, you, you know, you go on a road game and you get you get fast food after the game or you get a pizza and it's like we are not taught as athletes that you're supposed to focus on your health even more so so why is that important to you and why do you preach that to your clients common misconception with athletes is because i'm an athlete i therefore am healthier like i therefore can eat bad food and i was working off and it's actually the opposite um it's kind of true to a certain standpoint like you do become a little bit more resilient to stress and like eating poor food and all that stuff can be a type of stressor but um when you're thinking about being an athlete like my competitive weightlifters like you're doing more than the average person your body's under a lot of stress and so it's actually more important for you to focus on recovery one of the really great ways of recovery is making sure that you're properly fearing your body like, are you addressing your food quality? Because like at a certain point, if you're eating too, if you're eating like a trash panda, your inflammation is going to be higher. That increases your chances of poor recovery, decreases your chances of getting stronger, increases your chances of getting injured, so on and so forth. So um, the argument that like, I am an athlete, I can just do whatever I want and I'm okay. And I'm like, okay, great, um, not true. And I also like to point out like, um, okay, so you like, especially with my really successful lifters that like are pretty damn strong already, and they're coming to me and they're like, What can I do to get a little bit better? And I'm like, Okay, food quality. And they're like, Well, I mean, I've been doing this stuff, and I'm already pretty strong. I'm like, Okay, great. So imagine how much stronger you would be if you actually did improve your food quality, right? Like, and they're like, oh. Oh, Okay, now obviously, I'm not like some of my athletes where it's like, you can only eat these foods and this is a no like a good food or bad food obviously like we need to address like the balance when we've spoke about this before like weightlifting is a game of a long game 
those that stay within the sport five, 10 years, those are the people that are the most successful. But if you're constantly worried about what you're eating all the time and weighing and measuring everything and only eating quote unquote clean foods, which by the way, there's no such thing unless you've actually got dirt on it and wash it. Duh. Like, but you're going to burn yourself out. You see so many athletes coming into the sport, burning like a bright freaking light, being rock stars only to like burn out a year or two later. And so you've got to make sure that you create that balance between the human being and the athlete. Yeah. There's times where you're going to have to like dial things in leading into a meet, but like as a nutrition coach, I always have to remind my clients, it's like, just like deload weeks or even times off after you peak for a meet, you need time to just be a human being. Like get out of the gym, stop tracking your food. If I see you tracking in your food, I'm going to virtually slap you because most of my clients are virtual. Go be a human being because in the long run, you're going to be far more sustainable when you create that, that athlete life balance, just like the work life balance. You've got to have that balance. You've got to have that give and take or you're just going to burn out. So it, like, I definitely don't tell my clients that they can only eat clean foods, but it's like, understand that you're an athlete now. You're eating for performance. You kind of have to have a little bit of a higher standard than the average person that just comes with the territory. So yeah, like focusing on food quality and making sure that like also you should be sleeping more than the average person. Like the average person just to survive should be like seven days. We're not even talking about thriving, right? Like pun intended again. Um, and so like I have really high competitive clients where I'm just like, if you can, nine, 10 hours. They're like, oh, what? Struggling with seven. I'm like, okay, great. We're going to build you up to nine, 10 hours and watch you get super, super strong and lift all the heavy weights. Now, not everybody has the lifestyle to support that. And that's okay. And we understand that. But like those that are like full-time athletes, like literally their number one job is to perform. And then they have part-time jobs to support that. Then I'm like, okay, you have a lifestyle to support it. You need to get that sleep. You need to prioritize that. That's non-negotiable. And so just by making those transitions, it's helped out a lot. I have a client, like I have a client that I work on, on and off with. Um, she's young, so I try not to do too much. Like every once in a while I'll pop in. Um, but she sleeps like 12 hours a night. So, and she is like one of the strongest in the United States, you know, so potentially the world. Well, this has been awesome. Where can people find you if they want to work with you or just kind of follow along on Instagram? Yeah. So actually right now working with me, um, we're, we're at full capacity until I can bring on clients and build up a team. Um, and then, so, but if you want to like come in and ask questions, I love answering questions. I love helping people. So you can find me on Instagram at, it's at thriving on Casey and the, it's the letters K and a C. Those are my initials. So it's thriving on Casey. And then on Facebook, I've got a pretty big presence there just because we've got a, we've got a decent sized Facebook group right now. Um, where I do live training, free giveaways, all that stuff. Like my goal is to just like that community that I felt at CrossFit, I want to create a virtual one so I can reach more people and provide a safe space where people know that they're getting away from the diet culture and they're surrounded by like my people that want to learn how to thrive in life and be strong and confident, well-fed. And so that Facebook group, I've been really putting a lot of work into it. So um, it's called surviving to thriving. Um, so, if you find me on Instagram and you want to join the group, like literally I do free training all the time, free giveaways. And like I pop in there and talk and we have great conversations with everybody in there. Um, so if you're ever interested in joining that, just hit me up. But yeah, Instagram is a great way to hit me up too.
Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having me. This was fun. Thank you guys again for tuning in to this week's episode with Casey Storley. If you want to give her a follow on Instagram or join the private Facebook group, they will both be linked up in the show notes. So you can click on the words Facebook or Instagram and it'll take you exactly where you want to go. I actually messaged Casey the day after we did the podcast and just said how fired up I was with the conversation. And it's just really motivating for me to hear from people who are doing exactly what they want to do who just really give a shit about what they're doing. You know, if you've been listening to the podcast, you know I've been struggling to find where I'm meant to be in life, and it's just cool to hear from people who know what they're meant to be doing and how just seriously uh, Casey takes with helping people with nutrition and change their lifestyle habits. So if you got as motivated from this one as I did, be sure to share it out on Instagram and tag at Better Than Yesterday Pod. And as always, five-star rating review on iTunes if you so wish to do. So thank you again for tuning in. I look forward to bringing you guys the next one.